You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pullbox Podcast. This is episode number 43 and I am your host, Curtis Findlay. I am your other host, Michael Cohen. We are going to talk about our reader poll for this month. And this one this one was suggested by Courtney Shrum from the Double X Files podcast. Yep. She actually gave us... Uh, a long list of suggestions of things that we should read. So we was it just last month that we read Wild's End, yeah. which we totally loved. That one we recommend to anyone. Um, and this month we're talking about another one of her suggestions, Chew, by written by John Lehman and uh, illustrated by Rob Guillory or Guillory. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it was a this was an interesting book. It's got a great concept. Yeah. Um, a guy. Um, Tony Chu, and what's the, what's his special skill called? He's, he's a cybopath. Oh, cybopath, that's yeah. right. Which means, essentially, that, uh, he, if he eats something, he gets a glimpse of that, whatever that is, it's past. So, um, if he, if he eats some meat, he'll, he'll get glimpses of that animal's yeah. past, uh, whether it's a cow or a pig or whatever, and, um, if he eats, a uh, a plant that he gets glimpses of, of its life before it was, uh, it, before it was picked. Um, you know what what, the farmer's kind of pesticides it was using on yeah. and all that kind of stuff, um, which means he uh, he actually has a, a good life in, um, in the government because he uses his ability to solve crimes. Yeah. Um, kind of by accident, I think he. Yeah, he basically ends up promoted from a from a cop from a detective up to a uh, an fda the F- uh, food and drug administration uh agent because the other twist to this world is that uh chicken has been outlawed yes how because random. of because of bird flu yeah so uh so the american government has outlawed chicken and uh, and as a result the fda has become uh, like a basically a like police a, force. Yeah, it's like a an FBI or something. Yeah, in order in order to enforce this this uh, chicken prohibition. Yeah, and stop trafficking and chicken mm-hmm. trafficking. Because um, there's know, clearly something weird going on. <laughs> yeah, where chicken is not actually the cause of of. They they never really talk about it. It's only ever kind of like alluded to that that in the past um, there was a bird flu outbreak. And the American government tied it back to poultry and blamed it on poultry, but a bunch of people died and got sick and that sort of thing. But there's this huge underground crime ring that deals yeah. with raw chicken. And like there are special restaurants on that that serve chicken if yeah. you know the secret passwords or whatever and like a speakeasy um, sort of thing. And uh, but no one gets sick. Yeah. It, it's they're fine. There's nothing wrong with the yeah. chicken, but they um it's still outlawed. But there's something weird going on because uh, there's a, a that weird fruit that he eats 
that tastes that, like chicken. That tastes like chicken. Yeah. So this the series it starts off yeah really kind of um, I would say X Files ish. It's kind of a buddy cop yeah. type of, of a story. And then all of a sudden it changes to um, to this this chicken thing where where he's now yeah. looking for because his his partner gets gets a cleaver in the head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the first issue or something, and then he comes back later with half of a metal face. Um, and, uh, and he's been promoted to the FDA as well. Yeah. Um, so it continues on this kind of buddy cop, uh, storyline, but they just go in weird directions and you think that you understand the world that they're in, uh, with the chicken and everything like that. And all of a sudden though, then they introduce like aliens or alien fruit and, and Soviet vampire people. And so it, it just, it it goes in weird it, places. Yeah, it, it starts off as, I think, a really sort of... Um, even though the world is ridiculous because Chicken has been outlawed and you have um, Tony Chu and uh, and Mason Savoy who are cybopaths and work for the FDA and they, they are basically like eating bodies in order to solve crimes. And you think, okay, that's what this is going to be. It's going to be sort of like uh, the the young agent and his his older mentor yeah. um, solving crimes using this rare talent. And, uh, and, and that's cool. I actually really enjoy that. I really enjoy the character of Mason Savoy. Um, he's my favorite character in the series. And then in at the end of the first volume, we read we read the, the omnivore Omni- yep. edition, which is basically two volumes in one in yep. an oversized format. Um, and at the end of the first volume that's collected in that, it turns out that Mason is actually not he's sort of not the man that that he claimed to be earlier. Um, and that he believes that the government is up to no good, and he will stop at nothing, including murder, in order to uncover the truth. Right. And when Tony discovers this, Tony is a, is way more like by the book, and murder is murder, and so they have a uh, not necessarily a falling out as much as like Savoy disappears to continue hunting down the 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 conspiracy. But uh, Tony sort of, I think the thing that I like the least about Tony is that he never seems to understand what the hell is going on, <laughs> right? And and this is, is it's weird also because he solves crimes yeah. in ver- in a very intelligent fashion. Yeah, he can put together the clues and stuff. But then yeah, he's just he always, oblivious at yeah, the same he time. He always seems to be on his back foot. And this is this is the second time that I've read through volume one and two. Uh, so the first volume uh, volume of the Omnivore edition. I've also read the second volume of the Om- Omnivore edition. So, uh, but that was a long time ago. But I, like I can tell you, like Mason comes back, and uh, there's there's a lot more. But it it gets further and further off track, um, and it ends up being more about uh, the relationship between Tony and um, oh, what's the girl's name? Um, I don't remember. I can't. I can't remember her name right now. But she's a. Uh, she's kind of a non-character at this point. Yeah, in the in the first two volumes, she's a bit of a non-character. But she's a Savo Scrivener. Funny, I can't remember her name, but I can remember <laughs> that. Um, and so she can write about food so accurately that it actually gives, you know, like, it tricks your brain into 
experiencing the actual like taste and texture and and experience of of actually eating that food yeah and so when we're introduced her we're introduced her as uh, uh she's written a horrible horrible review and basically made the whole city projectile vomit everywhere <laughs> um so and that brings up the other aspect of this series that just kind and of amelia amelia uh oh Amelia. 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 Tony Chu. Yeah. Mason Savoy. <laughs> he savors things. Right. Um, what's his partner's name? Um, John. Um, John Colby. John Colby. That doesn't work. That's not anything. <laughs> um, isn't there a Colby cheese? Isn't that a type of cheese? maybe but that I would think. be stretching it it doesn't yeah. follow this quite the same no but <laughs> uh, i'm sure i'm sure there's a pun there we're just not getting um because right. tony's brother is chow 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 um but i uh, i what was i talking about oh i the thing that the other aspect that that kind of puts me off on this book is i uh, it's just there's a lot of gross out humor in it and um it starts off as kind of humorous, but then it it gets into a weird sort of childish, just sort of very juvenile, like, oh, now you got to eat a piece of poop sort of thing. <laughs> and it's like, like, yeah, there's a bit of humor in there, but for me, it's mostly just kind of grown worthy. Um, yeah. And one of the things that the first time I read it, it didn't really bother me, but definitely this second time through when you get to the part where um tony is on the island and and colby has to to cover for him yeah and in order to do that he sleeps with their boss that hates him that hates (laughs) tony um who is also a guy yeah and it's like there's a weird sort of like i don't know they're sort of making a joke out of it um, and I don't, I can't remember if they sort of, if they address it later on, but, uh, there's, it's, it's played off as like, oh, well, other people are homophobic, but this isn't homophobic, but it's like, it's kind of, it's juvenile. It's, it's just like the gross out humor where it's like, right. it's like, oh, this guy, this guy's a jerk because he blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out that actually it's because he's, he, he's afraid of his, his, uh, love for men or something <laughs> and it's like it's so juvenile that I have a hard time even justifying it by explaining it it it, it, it really bothers me but uh, but the book is also several years old so you know uh, reading it sort of with that lens well it's not that old it's though. not super old it's no like it's... no but it is there I I feel like the last five years we've come a long way and that yeah. is about five years ago so okay <laughs> I don't. I don't think you could get away with it today. Is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So, um, I've talked a lot about it. How do you feel about it? Um, you know, I I enjoyed it. Um, I especially enjoyed the first volume. The second volume, it felt like they, it became kind of all setting up. So I'm not sure of the history of this book, but it seemed like it was a mini series, and then it got really really popular. So they yeah. had to expand the story and start figuring things out. So. Um, 
which is why the first volume and the second volume, or the first half and the second half of this Omnivore edition, seem yeah. to be very different kind of styles and different books in that yeah. sense. Um, the the artwork, I like the artwork a lot. It was way more cartoony than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Um, but uh, in the end, it it uh, it works with the sense of humor that it has and, and that it kind does. Of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. The guy is a. Uh, there's um it. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's um there are some artists that I that are similar, but I can't. It has a very like um uh, early two thousands animated series feel to it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, with the kind of the blocky shoulders yeah. and yeah. Um, very stylized in that the, sense. The sort of it, it's it's a much looser version of like that geometric shape animation style from mm-hmm. like the late nineties, early two thousands. That Gendy Tartakovsky sort of thing. It's sort of like that on acid a little bit, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it gets a little bit weird at times. It it's definitely a more detailed. Like that's yeah. Cartoon Network, right? Yeah. yeah, it it's a more detailed version of that, but it's yeah, it's along those those lines. But even in that, there are some inconsistencies. Like there's the that weird guy, um, who has the alien fruit. Yeah, the prime minister or whatever, or the, or the governor of that island. Yeah, yeah. He he's a very different style with his huge eyes and yeah. and stuff. It, it's almost like a caricature out of a 1930s cartoon or something like that yeah um so it, it's weird and i'm that guy's probably an alien so that probably is his disguise yeah yeah so yeah, it, yeah. it i mean i i don't know if it maybe it pays off later it probably does oh and then there's this subplot about a the chicken um the Poyo. live chicken yeah uh, that uh that gets thrown in there as well that they kind of yeah, the the cockfighting rooster. There are um, just, there are a lot of plot lines going on all of a sudden yeah. in the second half of this book, um, that I'm sure if we keep reading, they'll all probably connect and stuff. Oh yeah, the next volume, a, a significant portion of it focuses on Poyo. Okay. Um, for some reason, for some reason, I still don't understand. But uh, yeah, I, I my my thing with Chu is that it is actually very good. <laughs> it's very well written in in many aspects um and obviously we've talked about the illustration it's it's a expertly drawn book i yep. think but um i just don't like it <laughs> and and that's just, it's just a matter of taste uh but i'm that's a, <laughs> taste yeah right uh that's a it's pun. for some reason it's the flavor of the week yeah uh and, yeah and it just doesn't it just doesn't sit well with me um I don't know. I, I just, I think, I think it stems from really enjoying that first volume and wanting more of that. And then that's not what is delivered. Cause I remember reading it. I remember reading it pretty voraciously when, when I first got my hands on. You had a voracious appetite. Yeah, for I did. I did. I, I read through the first volume really quickly the first Omnivore edition really quickly and picked up the second one. But it was one of those things where it's like when you buy things in, in, in that format, you're talking about like a 40 to $50 book. Yeah. Which is a little bit harder to justify than, than a, a 15 to $20 graphic novel. Right. Um, yeah. And so I just, you know, other books were coming out and I did, you know, just didn't have the budget to grab another uh, and I think I had to wait. I had to wait for the next volume to come out, and it came out, and it just kind of yeah. And if too it much doesn't grab back. you, then you don't want to yeah, spend your and, money on and, it. Yeah, and and then I sort of looked back on it and was like, well, if I don't actually care enough to pick up the next volume, 
how much did I actually enjoy it? And then the more that I think back and sort of reflect on it, the more I like, I really didn't enjoy it because <laughs> conversely, I'm like, we started reading Invincible about a year ago or not. We started, but we read the first volume of Invincible yep. about a year ago and, and we read the ultimate edition hardcover, which is the same as an omnivore edition. Yeah. Um, both put out by image. So like it's, it's exactly the same sort of format. Um, and with Invincible, like, I can't get enough. I, I, I got two more Ultimate Edition volumes for my birthday, which was just about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. I, and, uh, as of this recording, and I've already read through both of them. Huh. Um, like, I just, I just blew through them because yeah. I just love that series so much. So, um, when, when the the book is that good it's like forty dollars yeah okay right like you'll you'll find the money for it but yep. when it's not you're like eh, right. i can wait on this one and then totally. eventually you get to the point where you're like do i really need to i'd rather spend it on invincible <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it, i think that that's just that i just kind of hit that wall with chew where I, I was just like this doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere every Every time you feel like they're about to uncover something, another layer of ridiculous story is sort of heaped on top of it. So, yeah. I don't know, people who've read further in Chew, because obviously now uh, it's several volumes deep. Um, I think there's like five volumes of the Omnivore edition, if not more. I think that's about right, yeah. Um, and uh, maybe... At some point, it gets back on track, or it turns into something else, and and the story works uh, a little bit better at some point. But for me, from what I've read, it's just it's just not for me. You know? um, but yeah. I mean, I, I do recommend it. I do think that that people will enjoy it. So I do think that that people should check it out. It's just... yeah, and I think the first volume especially is worth checking out because yeah. it sets up this incredible world, yeah. and it's it has. I think it's funny. And uh, and well drawn and, and well told. Yeah. Um, and then if you enjoy that, try the second volume. And if it's your thing, then you'll go with it, and you'll probably yeah. love the whole thing yeah, all absolutely. the way through. But if you find yourself like I did, wishing that it were more like the first volume with the eating dead people and solving crimes, um, it's not a comic book recommendation, but it is a TV series based on a comic book, which is apparently nothing like the TV series. It's but, not, I've read it. But uh, iZombie on the CW is a great show. Uh, that the is the same premise. Basically the same premise. I mean, she eats, she's a zombie, uh, Live More. She's even got the... The, <laughs> the, the pun the, uh, name. Yeah, the pun name. Uh, and she, she eats brains. Does she eat chicken? Uh, well... Is chicken outlawed in iZombie? No, it's not. <laughs> But um, she eats brains, and then she gets flashes of memory of the person whose brain she ate. Do they use the term psychopath, or is that something no, that's created that's, for Chew? I think that's specifically for Chew. Okay. Um, and in iZombie, they play up the fact that it's because she's a zombie. She has to eat brains, but the side right. effect of eating the brains is that she gets these flashes. The The other great thing about iZombie is that she also takes on characteristics of the person whose brain she yeah. ate. So if she eats a drug dealer's brain, she takes on those characteristics. Yeah. If she eats a, a, a you know, concert pianist's brain, she can all of a sudden play the piano. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a, I love iZombie. It is, 
It is. I think it, I think it might be my favorite show on TV right now. Oh wow! Um, I just love watching it. It has such a great cast, but it it has that concept that Chu has, but it carries it through every week. Right. Um, and it is. And if if Chu were a little bit more of that, I think I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Hmm. But uh, yeah, there so, you go. I think that's it. Yeah. Not, not not a ton to say about Chu. Um, that's Chew in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, cool. So that's it for this month. Yeah, uh, and check out our other episodes that we recorded yep. this month. Superman, um, oh, sorry, All-Star Superman, yep. which we loved, and Ikigami, uh, The Ultimate Limit. <laughs> um, yeah, which we also really enjoyed. So, you know, they can't all be, you know, home runs, but, uh, right. but we did have two really great books. And then another book that is good, but it just didn't hit with us, so. Um, yeah yeah cool well, what are we going to do next month well next month is uh is our tribute to darwin cook who sadly just passed away recently um and uh being the uh the the incredible comic book talent both in uh writing and drawing uh illustrating uh that he was we figured it, it would be fitting to dedicate an entire month to Darwin Cook, so we're going to be reading three books that uh, that that are either uh, written or written and illustrated by yeah. Darwin Cook. So uh, my pull is Superman Kryptonite, uh, which you can find collected as as the book Superman Kryptonite, or you can find it in individual issues as Superman Confidential. Um, but uh, it's not a straight run through. Uh, he did his story sort of. There's a bit of a break. Um, in there because there were delays or something like that but uh, I think it's issues one through five and then seven or something like that uh, but uh, but yeah Superman Kryptonite is how it was collected and it is one of my all-time favorite Superman stories so really looking forward to diving back into that great drawn did you say drawn by Tim uh, Sale yeah sorry il- uh, illustrated by Tim Sale and written by Darwin Cook so, yeah uh, uh, real like power duo on that one definitely um, and my pick for the month is um, is called, um, what is it? It's Darwin Cook's adaptation of Richard Stark's Parker, um, his crime novels, uh, prose novels. Um, yeah, it's it's just really great hard boiled crime uh, crime noir. And uh, so we'll check out the first volume. It's called The Hunter, and it doesn't have anything to do with superheroes. It is straight up real world crime fiction. Cool. Uh, awesome. That sounds good. Uh, and then, uh, for our, our third poll, not, not really a reader poll cause we didn't have any Darwin cooks in the, in the hopper, but, uh, uh, we've decided to read, uh, Darwin cooks, uh, would you call it adaptation revival um, sort of like yeah, his version of, it's a reimagining, yeah, a reimagining revival, of, yeah, of, so. uh, of, uh, Will Eisner's the spirit. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is a classic, classic comic. Definitely. It's, and uh, it's Darwin Cook's take on it from, from a few years ago. Uh, and, and, you know, I remember when it came out, um, and I think it actually came out around the same time that they did the movie, oh, which yeah. was like this really weird take on the spirit. I haven't seen that. I, I'd like to, to watch um, the Because I've read a bunch of the old <clears throat> spirit comics, and they're just fantastic. Yeah, I... So I think like DC was trying to do something with that character. Yeah, and, and I think didn't quite happen. But uh, they just got the rights. 
Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Like they acquired, because the spirit hasn't always been a DC character. And so they wanted to kind of put him in the DC world. So like Batman shows up in this book that we're going to read and stuff. Yeah. So I, but I remember when it happened and I think I read the first issue, but then I didn't like continue on with it. So, um, so I'm excited to, to check out that complete volume. Great. Um, really excited about that. But, uh, that is, that's next month. Uh, we're all done for this month. Uh, thank you guys for listening along and reading along with us, uh, and we will we will catch you next month. Yeah, keep reading comics. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. Follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can can also find all of our other great podcasts over at Thunderquack.com. And uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. And, uh, and, and you, can, you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps. But uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter, then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one lo- super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.